Hello, everybody. This is Dan Moore. I'm delighted to have my colleague and friend Mark Rao with us. Mark is head of sales, really, for Southwestern across North America. He and I have known each other since he was a college student. I guess I was way past being a college student. But for many, many years, I've been an admirer of his and a respecter of his ability to lead people and to help people develop a sense of belief they can do things they never thought that they could. When COVID-19 hit, the Southwestern Advantage sales team tackled it with grit and determination, which has now been documented in a brand new book called Finding a Way, Even Through a Pandemic. With contributions from myself and today's guest, Mark Rao, as well as Matt Ross, Amy and Ryan Grimm, Ed Grimbara, Danny Gambo, and many others, Finding a Way describes how the team used Southwestern Advantage principles to guide their decision-making through uncertain times to finish strong and actually have our best years in many years. And I really think during the pandemic, Mark, your leadership shown brighter than ever in some fantastic ways. So thanks for this opportunity to chat here today. Thank you, Dan. And and I don't know if you recall, but my first sales school was 1988 when I was a freshman at the University of Florida. And we um we had Dan Moore pretty much just with the University of Florida for the entire week for sales school. And so you were uh, very instrumental in training me as a first year. And you probably don't remember that, but pretty intimate setting and got me off to a great start with Southwestern, having you there helping. Well, actually, I did not remember that. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's wonderful. So Mark, we're recording this, as you know, in 2022, God willing, the pandemic and, and its ravages are pretty well behind us now. You've had a lot of time to think about this, of course, during it, in the process of helping manage and lead the group. What are some of your kind of post-reflections now on, on the decisions we made, the things that you helped lead us to, things that maybe are permanent improvements in our program? Ooh, well, um, I guess what what's important to know on the onset is that Southwestern you know, family of companies, when when you're brought up in this, and I, I have been since I was 18 years old, you just learn that there really isn't anything, any big obstacle that can't be overcome. Any obstacle that that you face, we're just bred that that you just go right after it. You you charge at it straight ahead and you keep working through it. You don't stop and think, you keep working through it and you figure it out. And I think when the pandemic hit, it was so wonderful to be around a bunch of employees and everybody was just, th there was no give in us at all. There was no, this could be it. You know, we're a direct selling company and we're not going to be able to do this. It was almost excitement over, wow, something new for us to tackle. Now we get to tackle this whole new challenge and it's bred new life into us. And it was just fun to be around a group of people that never for a second thought we weren't going to succeed at this. Never for a second thought that we weren't going to overcome this and we're excited about the challenge, not scared of it, not worried about it, but kind of like bring it on, like, like Buffalo running into the storm, like just give us the storm. Cause that's how we, it's almost like we were bred for this from the time we were 18 years old, starting this internship, we were bred for something like this. So it was a wonderful experience. I was very blessed to have amazing, amazing leaders, Dan, including you that were there every second of the way, championing anything that we thought of. It was just accepted immediately and let's do it and let's find a way to do it. It wasn't, well, let's see what that costs or I don't know if that's going to be able to be done. It was like, yeah, we'll do it. If we need to get this done, we're going to do it. And just having pure acceptance on anything that we came up with, beta testing, you know, remote selling, beta testing, a remote sales school, whatever we thought of, it was just absolutely let's move forward. So it's proven to be 
you know, wonderful for our company. I think Southwestern Advantage, which has always been the core, the hub of the wheel, without feeling like uh, I'm embellishing this too much, I think we proved and earned that right with all of our other family companies. And we led the way in full speed ahead. And hopefully, and from what I've heard from our other presidents, encouraged and motivated them to tackle it the same way. And everybody helped. And it was wonderful. And that's that's what I so much love about working with a private company is that we're all in it together and everybody contributed and you never feel bad about asking for people's help. They all want to help. Absolutely right. One of the things I remember is Shane Blick. Uh, and for our listeners who don't know Shane, he's a young sales leader in his late 20s. He got so excited when the pandemic came down. You remember that? He was saying, this is it. This is it. The obstacle is the way. And we thought, what is he ranting about now? He said, the obstacle is the way. It's a book he'd been reading that says the impediment to progress is actually the way to progress. And he said, we've been needing to move into the 21st century for a long time. And it's going to force us to do it. I'm so excited. That's true. That's true. And it did. It did. I mean, we've become masters of the Zoom meeting. We've had to re-engineer travel, which I think has made, you know, our job very, very um, appealing to people now because we can travel, we can Zoom. Um, it's made it way more attractive to women as evidenced by the female leadership that has been moving up in the promotions of field sales managers and district sales managers. So it's, it really did force us to innovate and it's been a great thing for us. It's been a catalyst for us to, to figure things out and, and make our job even better. I like your use of that word catalyst. You know, we all remember from our high school chemistry class, it's that thing that causes something to really happen in a faster way. The pandemic forced everybody to be on their best game, no question about that. To me, one of the really fun things was how quickly it all had to happen, particularly because it happened the week we were supposed to all go to New Orleans, our second largest leadership event of the whole year. Had hundreds of people lined up, flights booked, ready to go. And in about 24 hours, we realized we couldn't do it that way. So we ended up saying, okay, we'll do them regionally. We can get 50 people in a room and stream to them. Then the guidelines changed, couldn't have more than 10 in a room. So all of a sudden we went to fully virtual, everybody watching it from home. And it was incredibly successful, beautifully well done. And these are permanent improvements in our program in such a good way. I think we originally had 220 flights booked for New Orleans and we had over 300 people on this webinar. So we increased having to pull something together in three or four days. We had a higher attendance than we would have had had we not done this. So it was amazing. And yeah, it took it. We had three days to do it. It was it was pretty amazing. Well, going forward from that into sales school and figuring out how to do remote selling, how to do remote training, really tracking the trajectory of the virus so that we could get into some states. You know, some of the states in the country were just no possible way. The Northeast was locked down really hard and heavy. Then we had another problem to, to solve, and that's how do you get a sales permit when all the city halls are closed? <laughs> so finding places people good work. So it was, as you said, a case of every single obstacle coming up. It's like, no, we're not going to let this one stop us. We're going to get around and we're going to make it happen. So inspiring. I've never been through anything like it in a very long period of time in my career. It's been fantastic. Not only did they research all the states and find out which states were the most welcoming to people going there and working. But he also, like you said, had to call all these local municipalities and find out where we could get permits. And this was all if we could even do it. Exactly. Before that, we had to come up with how do you go door to door virtually? And, and here's the important thing. You and I, Dan, are so committed to what this program does for young people that we wanted to provide the same challenging experience, having to overcome fear and overcome rejection. So it was, it was this balance of 
how to create a whole new program virtually while maintaining Southwestern standards for a challenging experience where you're going to, you're going to have your character tested. So it was all of that stuff going on in the background while we're just moving forward. And, you know, what we don't talk about a lot is all the doubters. I mean, we have a hundred thousand alums and we had alumni that were doubting us. Some of them were even angry at us for even trying. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're battling from all fronts here. The reason that I keep doing this, and, and I know you feel the same way I do, Dan, is our mission's more important than anything else. And had we not had that mission of, of building character in young people and helping kids achieve their goals and, and the importance of that, that mission for America and for the world, you know, I think we would have given in at some point, but that, that mission keeps us all bonded and tied in to hitting any obstacle and, and beating it. And, and we did that in this situation. That is so true. Companies that have long-term vision and long-term survivability and long-term prosperity, they lean into their mission. They lean into that mission first and foremost. They realize it's never going to be completed, but it also empowers them to keep striving and doing better and better. There's no question that was us and this whole event going on. You know, the other thing I think about a lot is the families out there. You know, you and I both know people who are trying to homeschool their kids. All of a sudden they realize homeschooling is not as easy as it looks. We both know people that were trying to maintain a job that they suddenly had to do from their homes with kids that were suddenly home all day long with teachers that didn't know how to reach out to them. So when we equipped the students that were selling our books and other products with t-shirts that said home educational resources, I think for a lot of families, it was sort of like a, a life preserver thrown into the storm of the sea. It's like, oh my gosh, you got something that could help me. And I don't think that was a small part of the reason that our production has done so well. It's the welcome map. It's the student's care for the families. It's their ability to present a product in a way that could really compassionately show them how they can help their kids. Well, I think, and, and also I think people missed human interaction and, and our kids come into their doors and them having someone to talk to, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of families were like trapped in their homes. And as you know, we work a lot of rural areas and it was well received that these kids would come and talk to them and, um, you know, obviously stay eight feet away and and we masked them up and we made sure that they had that in their presentation and their, in their approach. Um, from what a lot of my students told me, the moms and dads were just really happy to speak with people again. And, and they were kind of feeling trapped for five or six weeks, you know. And, you know, we're talking about the summer, which was what we started two and a half months after the pandemic hit. And that was another fortunate thing that right when we were able to send kids was when the pandemic was starting to go down. I mean, just for that two week period in May, or was it June? In June, June. two week period in June, it started decreasing. So they opened up literally for what, two weeks when we were able to get kids in there and allowed to do it and send them out. And then of course the numbers start spiking again. But by that time, our kids are on the field. They have places to stay. They have masks. It was just really a kind of a miraculous situation that happened for us. Well, thinking back on it, we had to go to the next county. That's right. We had planned to have our sales school in Davidson County, which is where the company's based. But they said, no, you can't have groups more than 10. But the next county over, it would allow groups of up to, I think if, if you had social distancing, there wasn't really a limit. So we had two hotels about a half a mile apart, streaming between the two of them, kids sitting six feet apart. It's, uh, it's almost like a dream thinking back on it, but it wasn't a dream. It really happened. Well, Dan, you know, you've been around... 49 years, which is miraculous, you know, in your history, you know, what are, what are the significant challenges Southwestern has faced that you've had to overcome, you know, before the pandemic and how would they rank? 
Well, in my experience, because I missed out on the joys of trying to sell during the Great Depression and the joys of trying to sell during World War II, a little, little younger than that, this has been by far the single biggest time when finding a way was absolutely the key to everything. And there've been a lot of things that have happened. We've been through a number of, of major recessions, you know, the, the dot-com boom and then bust right after that. The real estate market went up and then crashed down again, did it again in 2009, 2010, high unemployment. And we've seen all of those things. But I think the biggest thing that we've all realized is that the public opinion is not the court that matters. It's the court that's within ourselves, our own heart, our own work ethic that makes all the difference. Because I think the court of public opinion often says, how can you even do this? That's not what counts. It's what's in the hearts of the people that are in the business itself. What do you think it is, Dan, about our business specifically that it, it just doesn't seem to be affected? I mean, I remember 2008, 9, 10, I was here. You know, I remember 2000, 2001. In my mind, I, it wasn't something I was fearful of. It wasn't something that, I mean, I'd have to think back to, was I really worried going into that year because of the real estate bust, because of the dot-com boom? But I never really was. And what is that that makes our company so different and our program so different? That's a really good question. And I've thought about that a lot. To me, it's, it's the consciousness with which we try to share these principles with people. We're really intentional about the very notion of finding a way because most people want to find a way out <laughs> when things are tough. We try to teach them, no, no, you don't find a way out, you find a way deeper in. And we're really intentional about teaching that. I think some of the things we share in sales school, like action cures fear, that's something that most people are kind of aware of in a sense, because they've all had that experience, but they've never realized it's part of the toolkit they can have. We focus on people controlling what they can control and trying not to worry about the rest. And as long as we keep that in our heads, then the externals, even though they may weigh on us, are never going to drown us that I think we're intentional in, in using storytelling to share those examples with people. All the things that have gone in really difficult ways that people came out of it smelling like a rose because they had the right approach. If we're not intentional about that, we just assume people have figured it out and they, and they don't. So trying to help people be consciously competent about these principles instead of just hoping they're going to absorb them through osmosis. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you know, thinking back in my first summer, times are really different now. And then I got to thinking, no, they're really not. Because my first summer, gas prices had just doubled. It was the time of the first Arab oil embargo. And when I started college that year, gas was 30 cents a gallon. And when the summer began, it was 58 cents a gallon. So mm. gas prices had doubled. There was a major recession underway. Political forces were battling each other like never before. And I thought, wait a minute, we've seen this story before. <laughs> this sounds like 2022, 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our mentors have always told us human nature never changes. And so as long as we understand that about people and about ourselves, we can, we can cope with the externals. If we get the inner person right, the rest of it's going to take care of itself. You know, something we cover in all of our information meetings, you know, why, why do we work with college students? The fact that our product is completely about education, which is a fundamental value you provide for your kids. And I, I, don't, I don't think it, it matters what's going on in the world. Everybody still believes in education, no matter what's going on. People still want their kids to be educated. They want the best for them. And those are just fundamental values. And we represent those things for America. And we have college kids at the peak of their educational level demonstrating these to parents. What does every parent want for their child? To go to college. What does every high school child look up to? A college kid. And so who better for us to have going out and talking to families about, you know, education than these college students. And so I think that helps us a lot. The values that we put in these students and uh, the principles that we put in them, the belief in our mission, 
And then you mix that in with, we are working with college kids talking about education to families. I think that inspires a lot of kids to go to college and inspires a lot of kids to be able to say things to these parents, children that they can't say because they're college kids. And they love that our kids go in there and say those things to them. You're so right about that one. You know, the other thing I think about a lot is the nature of what students learn when they go through this program. They learn how to be self-sufficient. They get no handouts at all in this program. And for a lot of them, that's the biggest single shock because they've been safety netted through most of their life. In this program, we, we show them a path and we say, okay, here's the path. You just got to have the courage to get on it and stay on it. And, and when they do that, I think they come out of it with a sense of security, life security that nothing can ever take away from them. Think about how many people that we knew in college that have changed jobs a zillion times because maybe their industry became obsolete or bought it by some competitor. Because if you train in a field, you're in trouble if that field changes too much. You can't keep up with it. But if the inner person's right, man, that's that's what's so great. So people say it doesn't sound very secure. I think it's the exact opposite. Nothing builds security into somebody more than a summer where they have to really be self-sufficient. One of my favorite ways to answer the question of when people say, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm trying to rid the United States of the entitlement problem young people seem to have. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> we used to talk to students about, look, after one summer with us, we could literally, you know, put you in an airplane with nothing but a parachute and a book bag and drop you off anywhere in the United States and you'd be able to make a living. And think of how powerful that is. You could just literally make a living no matter where we put you. And I think that that's the feeling our young people have after their first summer is I can do anything. I can create my own, you know, happiness, my own security. I'm not dependent on anybody for I can do it. And uh, I love that we're able to bring that to young people after just one summer, that confidence that they can do whatever they set their mind to. Right. A parachute, a book bag, and some boxer shorts. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have something on in the Northeast. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm assuming they're skydiving with some clothes on. Well, it's absolutely true because if they can get through that first summer and really a big part of our job as leaders is to give them the hope they can. Nobody can ever take that away from them, ever. How many summers did you sell, Dan? Six summers. Yeah, me too. And every summer has different lessons in it, as you know. It does. Each summer, you just build a stronger... You know, I, I feel like people are born emotional thermometers. And, and what I mean by that is they're up and down every day based on their circumstances, based on what happened that day, based on the people they're hanging around. And, and my goal was always to become a thermostat where I was always at one level and I brought people to me. I never went to them. I always bring them to me. And I thought, you know, being that emotionally stable will make you a better husband, make you a better father, uh, make you, you know, just someone that provides stability whenever they're around a group of people. Mm -hmm. And I felt like every summer that you do our program, you get closer to that thermostat level. And I think each summer you do this, you just get stronger and stronger to become that thermostat for your family, for your community, for, you know, any group that you are involved in. And to be at that level when you're 23 years old or 24, can, can you imagine what you'd be like at 35, 40, 45? And I always say that, you know, if you're supposed to be successful, you're going to be successful, whether or not you work with us. But I think what we do is we, we, we lower the amount of years it takes. So instead of 40, it'd be 34. Instead of 30, it'd be 23. You know, based on the summers you're with us, it's just going to shorten that amount of time. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I think we give people is a sense of values way beyond making money just the right values. 
And I've heard your presentation many times where you build the, the success pyramid and you say the highest level is always service. That's what it's all about. And whenever we get purely into that mode, all the rest of it takes care of itself. And that's what lets people do something for their whole lifetime, I think. And we're really blessed we found that pretty early on in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, buddy, I can't believe time goes as quick as it does. We barely scratched the surface. Always easy to talk to you, Dan. Well, you too. Thanks for reminiscing and above all for sharing and continuing to put your heart out there for everybody to see what you believe. You live it every day. You show it every day. And I admire that and respect that tremendously. Thanks again, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Dan. So to get your own copy of Finding a Way, click the link in the show notes. And to learn more about Southwestern Advantage, come check it out at southwesternadvantage.com forward slash action. 